What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, here with my co-host today, Christian Valencia. How are you making it these days, sir? I'm surviving. How about you? I'm surviving as well. It's been a hellacious week it at has. work. It's just been, been real shitty. Like, I haven't watched like hardly any movies this past week, and normally, you know, on our two-game podcast, when we throw out our playlist, I have like 20 movies that I've watched throughout the week. Yeah, I have nothing. <laughs> There's like four. <laughs> you heard my fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, this is Surfing the Stream. Every week we drop at least two movie reviews, and then occasionally when the new movies come out, or a movie that is really good and we just want to talk about it, we'll drop a review for that as well. Uh, we've had several series that you can go check out on our channel. We've done Terminator, die, or in the process of doing Die Hard, Batman. We've done some 90s action movies, horror movies. And coming up in February, I actually, I needed to talk to you about this because Die Hard, we're on Die Hard 3. And we have two more. That's obviously going to push us a couple weeks into February. And normally when we do genre-based reviews, I like to do those throughout one entire month. So I just want to get your opinion on it, sir. We can either delay the rest of this series and start with Kung Fu in review first week of February, or we can just finish the series out and then just do a month, a special, you know, a month long. It'll just be between February and March. Let's do option two, sir. Finish option. it out. We're already in the long haul. We're in the middle of it. Yeah, indeed. I do have to watch uh, Ninja Assassin. Remember, it was one of the movies that we were going to do on on our review yep. for Kung Fu and Review. Mm-hmm. That movie is off of Netflix on the first. Oh, I have to watch it then. So, yeah. <laughs> you have five days or <laughs> six days, whatever. I'll find time somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, that's off the February 1st. I got to watch that beforehand. Right. But I made sure, like, all the It Mans and the Enter the Dragon, all that was not leaving. It did not say it was leaving, so I'm le- that's the impression I'm going with. I'm sure you can find It Man. It's, like, everywhere. Right. So, like I said, uh, two, two movie reviews a week. We are in the process of doing Die Hard in review. I am about to finish up the Underworld series. I will be dropping that last review. Finally, I'm done with that series. And I don't know if I'll ever watch that series again, to be honest with you. Why not? <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, Go find out later. <laughs> you will. I just, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I, I can tell. So Underworld will be done. And the next month, along with Kung Fu in review, I will be starting Predator and review and that's a series that like like terminator or underworld i have not seen all of them back to back before so it's gonna be very interesting to see which ones i like which ones i don't because i don't think i've cared for the last two but predator and predator 2 i did enjoy obviously predator one is one of the best best action movies of all time i mean i don't even think i even heard half of them except for like avp and the first two brothers. I was gonna. I was gonna see if uh, I might throw those in as, as Patreon exclusives. There you go. AVP one and two. I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, Patreon, Patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. 
you can go there to support us. We have a $5 tier, $10 tier, and a $20 tier. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Eric Hernandez, Carmen Edmonds, and Sharon Petrie. We appreciate everything that y'all do for us. We appreciate y'all supporting us each and every month. And if you want a little say-so in what we review each month, what we talk about on our two-game podcast, then join us at that $5 tier, and you can get access to our special text conversation. And we text throughout the week on what we want to talk about, our favorite movies, etc., etc. So go support us there. Uh, Otherwise, we appreciate y'all joining us for this review of Die Hard with a Vengeance. So let's let's jump into this because I've been touting this movie since the beginning that I have been excited to watch this damn movie because it is <laughs> one of my favorites. It is really good. God, it's so good. Die Hard with a Vengeance. If you're new here, we're going to jump through the plot and then we'll throw out some fun facts of the movie and then we'll get into our general impressions. Let's jump into the plot. John McClane and a Harlem store owner are targeted by the German terrorist Simon in New York City where he plans to rob the Federal Reserve Building. This movie was directed by John McTierman. He's the one that directed the first Die Hard. It was released on May 19th, 1995. I'm finally alive. And I remember, I didn't see this in theaters, but I remember buying it on VHS back in the day and (laughs) watching the hell out of this. It had a budget of $90 million, and it grossed worldwide $366.1 million. In fact, it's one of the few movies that have, I want to say it did not gross enough in the U.S., and it needed international money to make it uh, profitable, uh, something along those lines. Fun facts. This was originally titled Simon Says, and Zeus was a woman in that script. It was considered uh, by, it was written by Joel Silver as the third sequel to Lethal Weapon. Oh. But 20th Century Fox didn't sell the script to them for that, so they used it for Die Hard. Speaking of which, uh, did you know that Bruce Willis is in the first Lethal Weapon? Uh, no. I, I haven't seen the first Lethal Weapon in a very, very long time. Did you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. His name in the movie is John McClane. <laughs> is this the first uh, crossover event that we've ever had? Hmm. That's a good question. Now that makes me want to go watch it. <laughs> right? Sounds like we're going to do a, a Lethal Weapon series. Why not? I'm okay with it. Samuel L. Jackson said, Zeus is the closest character to my personality of any that I've played. Which I could probably see that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is just Samuel L. Jackson. That's all this is. Sir Sean Connery was the first choice for the role of Simon Gruber. He turned it down saying that he didn't want to play such a diabolic, diabolical villain. Um, sir, that would have been hot. That would have been amazing. God, I've been hot. Speaking of Simon Says, the, the script, the first hour of this movie is the original Simon Says script word for word. The only difference is the character names changed for Die Hard. This is the only Die Hard movie in which John McClane doesn't risk his life to save Holly or either of his kids. And John McTierman decided to direct Batman Forever. I mean, he decided, he declined to direct Batman Forever in order to direct Die Hard with a Vengeance. 
Thank God. <laughs> oh, man. That's just like. That brings it back. Brings it back. It's, it's a circle. It's like a circle. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I love this movie, but then Batman. I mean, come on. What would that Batman Forever movie be if he directed it over Joel Would John McClane be Batman? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many what ifs. <laughs> Sir, I think we've said it before and we'll say it again. I'll go first. I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorite Die Hard movies. It might be... It's not my favorite. Obviously, Die Hard 1 is going to be the best of all time. But this is pretty fucking close. Oh, I agree with that. Like, just... Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis in this together is just fucking hilarious. It is. They have that that buddy cop right uh, connection going, even though they're not you know buddy cops, but they do it so good, and the bickering back and forth. It's perfect. It's almost like uh, when Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson did theirs. Oh yeah, that was just as funny. <laughs> now I will say this was made in '95, so obviously. From my experience, and we don't normally talk about this stuff on the podcast, but it's one of my criticisms of the movie in general. The racial things that go on, I just feel like they, I don't know, man. They, I feel like they they went a little too far with it. They just did it too much, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. Like, like I think a few jokes about it is funny, and they do it throughout the 90s and early 2000s. They have the, the racial jokes in there. It's just... Like that's almost all the conversations between Samuel Jackson and John McClane. Yeah, to like the end, I think it was, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, my bad." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I mean, some of a lot of it's funny, but I don't know. It just like I feel like I was being force fed. It was definitely like unnecessary, like in the fountain scene. That was definitely a lot, really unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. But but we got a classic line from Samuel Jackson in this movie. He, when he's uh, at the very beginning, when he's telling his name is Zeus, not Jesus, <laughs> he's like, "My name is Zeus. I'm gonna shove a lightning bolt up your ass." <laughs> yes, I was like, "I don't remember that line." That's hilarious. It is funny. So uh, let me let me let me ask you this: Did you think he dropped all the way trout in that van when uh, he went to go put the sign on? When he met, when he was in Harlem, because. <laughs> uh, she looked down. She did. And I was like, well. <laughs> and he even mentions that uh, no one's seen him like that. Right? I don't think they would be doing that if he was just in boxers. That's what I'm saying. And he was you know, hungover, so I'm, maybe he forgot to put him on. I'm going to agree with that. Yeah, he, he was butt naked. I, I guarantee it. So the uh, another little fun fact for y'all. The, the sign, I'm not going to say what the sign says. If you've seen a movie, you know what the sign says at the very beginning. Uh... That was not actually on there originally. That was post-production added onto that sign. Obviously, they can't have that sign in the middle of the street. Yeah, no. But in the TV version, it says, I hate everybody. I can see that. Yeah. I definitely can see that. I write that <laughs> myself. <laughs> I, I love how they're like, yeah, it's I hate everybody. And all everybody's getting offended by it. I'm like, why does that offend y'all? <laughs> but I mean, again, you can't have what it originally says on TV. I mean, it was not back in the day, anyways. It was funny because, like, John McClane li literally looked like he had zero fucks, even if he got financed for it. <laughs> like, he was straight up, no fucks, just standing there. <laughs> Personally, this is, 
I haven't seen the fourth one in a very long time. Fourth one, from my recollection, is also one of my favorites. But I feel like this is... He's my second favorite John McClane character out of the the, the series. Like, the second favorite John McClane in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close to one, but it's not, it's not like two where he's so overbearing with his one-liners and whatnot. It's just, it flows more naturally in this movie versus... Yeah, they kind of like let him just go. Per script, per se. They're like, here, this is your script. Try to stay to it, but you can add like fuck and other things. Yeah. Like in two, it was like he was trying so hard to no no pun intended die hard die harder mm. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> uh, he was trying so hard to grab that lightning in a bottle again, right? With the ad libbing and the one liners that it just seemed it really really forced. Whereas, like I said. In this one, it is much more natural and it flows much smoother. Personally, for me, anyways. Yep, I can see that. And then, obviously, Samuel L. Jackson is accompanying the F words <laughs> and, and the MFers. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker! <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> and talk about John McClane being a cock block. When? At the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that dude was full fellatio and <laughs> hey, fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when I was originally watching the movie, and he says, "Hey, dickhead, did I come in at a bad time?" and I was like, "Okay, so he's just, you know, he's just out there and he's just saying it out loud. He doesn't actually see him." Oh, he saw him. And then uh, Samuel Jackson makes a a comment. Oh, you pissed her off. I'm like, wait, how do you know it was she that shot him? And I was like, okay, so he must have saw them through the window. That's uh precise eyesight i just want to say it's pretty impressive <laughs> it's pretty impressive i would not have been able to see it i mean it was pretty hot <laughs> that scene was pretty hot <laughs> you know apparently because you know she never talks at out throughout the movie that made it better <laughs> right <laughs> apparently if you look closely enough in that sex scene oh yeah her, you, her throat's cut oh uh, yeah her scars i'm not and don't get me wrong i'm not saying that she needed to talk it just made her character so much more sexier and intimidating yeah like she's like like giving you that fuck you eyes without even saying anything. It's like, ooh, hello there. Like when she uh, slices and dices that uh, one guy, and he's like, "I think he's dead. You can stop." That was hot. I was like, "God damn, do not fuck with her." Like her character didn't need to say anything. No, was, she, she, she was perfect. She was scary as fuck. Just just being there, being quiet. Like she was scary and had me aroused at the same time. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Uh, as far as the plot, what do you, what do you think? I think the plot is definitely better than the second one. Way better than the second one. Definitely, because after following John McClane's, like, achievements, they definitely wanted him away from all of this shit, and they did a good job of it, till you know, some kid, you know, dropped the ball, I guess. Right. So, my criticisms of Die Hard 2, and I'm, if I remember correctly, you shared the same sentiments. We felt like they, they were too much living in the past with Die Hard and they were forcing the Die Hard connections in Die Hard 2. I feel like in Die Hard 3, they can they corrected those those mistakes very, very well. And this is kind of what I wanted in Die Hard 2, to be honest with you. Because at the very beginning, they, meant, they very minimally mentioned Holly 
and they don't go into too much detail about what's going on. Like they don't spell out divorce or separated, but you you get the hint that they're separated and then they're, they're not talking. And then you don't really hear about Die Hard One until much later in the movie when he tells Samuel Jackson that yeah he threw threw this dude's brother off the building. Well, no, I think it was also whenever they were sitting in that van with FBI. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They oh. they mentioned it there, and then they started running to the next spot. Oh, and then he mentioned why yeah. why he you. pissed off the brother, and then that part, and then at the very end, you know, he calls Holly. That's the only connections to the first one, and I I really appreciate that they didn't dwell too much into the past movies. It's almost like they listened. Right? Hmm. I know. They listened to our review. <laughs> <laughs> they went back in time, or back in the future. I mean, I don't... Marty McClive? Huh. Fuck. <laughs> I taste milk, ch- chocolate milk? <laughs> it's like fucking MIB up in this bitch. <laughs> and I love how they mention nothing. There is no mention whatsoever of Die Hard 2 in this movie. They don't mention the airport. They don't mention nada. Yeah, they don't even mention what's his face, uh, the old captain. I mean, he's in New York, right? Yeah, the uh, the airport was in Virginia. Oh, was it? I yeah. thought it was in New York. My bad. That's no, it was bad. in. Uh, I think it was Dulles, Virginia. This is the this is the first movie where he is actually a cop in his home. Like he's a cop in the city that he's the movie's taking place in. See, my thing is with that too. How is he a lieutenant? If he transferred, you don't just transfer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious away. to know how many... It doesn't say how many years. Yeah. Or I didn't notice it. I mean, he, you could tell it looked old. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Alcohol and the years have not been kind to him. <laughs> Aspirin was not helping him either. <laughs> but I do know that he gets uh, he gets a little sexy in the next one. He gets a little, a little, a little gruff. Indeed, I like it. I do. So overall, I, I thoroughly do love this movie. I've always loved this movie. It's... It's just... It's, it may not... You may not have character development as far as knowing a whole lot of backstory about each character. I mean, they don't really dive too much into that in in this movie. Like uh, Samuel Jackson's character, I don't think you know much about him other than the fact that he's a store owner and and the fact that he wants those kids to grow up to be better. They don't want him. They don't want the kids depending on the government or other people. In order to better their lives. Other than that, we don't really know much about Samuel Jackson. No, like I almost thought they were gonna have like a little moment, like when uh, the kids were robbing that store, mm-hmm. and John McClane stopped them. Like I thought there was gonna be a moment, but then you know they just kind of dropped the plot right there. I was yeah. like, oh. And then, like I said, John McClane. The only real backstory you get with him further in this movie is a little bit of the alcohol and a little bit of the separation, which. I don't mind because we've gotten two movies of that already. So I think it was perfect for this one. As far as the other characters, you don't really... They may have gone into Simon the most. But I feel like they could have gone a little bit further and given a little bit more backstory. But then again, you run the risk of... Overstepping. Overstepping. And him not being as intimidating. Yeah, he was perfect. Like He was almost like the perfect villain. But then again... I'd rather would have had Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, we're having so hot. Right. But Jeremy Irons, he's so good. He he's, is good. he's the perfect Alfred, by the way. Oh, yeah. We 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 mentioned that in 
one of our other reviews. Go check it out. Batman v Superman review. Mm. And I, I I really did love Jeremy Irons as Batman uh, as Alfred as too. Batman. Batman. <laughs> he he's the true Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was doing more shit than Batman or any other Alfred was doing. Fair enough. You're not wrong. I mean, he was gunning people down from the Batcave. I'm okay with this. So yeah, overall, I I I do love this movie, and yeah, it's just it's it's entertaining from beginning to end, regardless of the character development. It keeps you on the edge of your seat throughout the movie. It's like, when is the next bomb going off? Is someone going to die? And there's not as much. I mean, there's obviously the hand to hand combat as far as the action on the boat. But really, I mean, there's not. How did you think about the elevator scene? Um, it reminded me a lot of like Captain America. Dude, it did me too. <laughs> I was like, "Is this where Captain America got the scene from?" Right, and then all of a sudden the blood. Like there was way a necessary amount of blood for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. So yeah, I loved it, and I think on our scale, this is where we're going to give our final rankings for this movie, or final ratings. On a scale of zero to five, I gave this four and a half stars. Yeah, it's going to be the same mine, four and a half. It's just, it, like I said, I think the thing that holds it back is maybe some of the character development, and it may not have as many iconic scenes as the first one. Obviously, Hans Gruber falling from Nakatomi Plaza is one of the most iconic moments in cinema history, I have to say. Yeah. And then... Huh. Pulling the gun off the back, you know, taped at the very begin at the very end. Oh yeah, and just several other moments in that movie just heightened that up to a number five for me to a five star. This one, there were some slow moments in it, but for the most part, this movie is balls to the wall, two hours long. Oh yeah, I was very like just hooked. They did a lot of shit in two hours, if you think about it. Yeah, a lot of running. <laughs> a lot of running. It's almost like Tom uh, Tom Cruise was in it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I give it four and a half. Buy, sell, rent, or skip. If you, if you skip this movie, you will be, <laughs> you will be slapped. <laughs> That's a definite buy, sir. This is a def- definite buy. Did, what do, do you remember what we said was the price that we would buy it for for the first one? Didn't we say $15? I think so. I think this one is a fifteen dollar movie. Yeah, definitely. If it, if it was fifteen dollars and that was the only way I could get it, fifteen dollars. Definitely, yeah. But obviously, it's in a box set, so grab the box set. I mean, why wouldn't you? I, I don't know why you wouldn't. Because <laughs> I mean, there's there's at least one more good movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, one, <laughs> one more. It's gonna be so funny when we get to the last movie. I go, hey, you know what? It wasn't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. I've been talking shit this whole time. (laughs) But yeah, there's our review. Go buy this movie. It's at least worth 15 bucks. I give it four and a half. Christian gives it four and a half. And uh, do you have any other thoughts on Die Hard with a Vengeance, sir? He got vengeance. Oh, he got vengeance. He did. Cock blocking and vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, speaking of one more thing before we leave. Uh, The scene where they blow the tunnel up. And the water rushes in. Oh, yeah. And he shoots out the manhole. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson's character is driving by that exact moment when he's flying up in the air. <laughs> he's like, ah! And I was Slash. like, dude, I laughed my ass off of that. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, come on, guys. How how was he driving right next to him? 
when it happened. I don't know. I don't understand that. I mean, come on. Convenience. <laughs> he smelled a motherfucker. Right? <laughs> and then I, I think the Yankee Stadium thing. That was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. I mean, what what did that for? I should probably should move this to the beginning of before we rated this movie. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why it dropped down to a five for me. I mean, four and a half. I feel like that part was so unnecessary. Like, they could have just followed them from any other point in the movie and got to that same point. Right. It was just, it was unnecessary. Um, that's my last thought of the movie, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, go check it out. And like I said, we got Die Hard, uh, Live Free or Die Hard coming up next. And then the final one, A Good Day to Die Hard. And then we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, and then we will be starting our Kung Fu in review uh, hopefully in the next three weeks, hopefully. So be on the lookout for that. Predator will start the first week of February for me. So we'll catch y'all next time. Appreciate y'all joining us.